I was getting a little bit complacent with life almost. It was almost a little bit too, um, I wouldn't say easy, but things would just things would just happen and I didn't really have to try. And then, um, yeah, something happened that made it a lot harder, which was like a blessing in disguise. It sort of uh, makes it more interesting. John Paul Andrew was an average 16-year-old with a passion for surfing. Then one day his life changed irrevocably. He'd spent the night at a friend's house. They'd woken up early to go surfing at the popular surface corner at Musenberg Beach in False Bay. While he was in the water, he was attacked by a shark. JP has big gaps in his memory. His friends have helped fill in the pieces he doesn't remember. And one told him how she spotted something in the water and warned him. And then, you know, there usually is something in the water where... If it's, a, if it's a seal or if it's us, you know, there's, there's lots of things in the water. So we were being all sarcastic, like, yeah, okay, there's something in the water. And, um, and then that's the part where I looked down and just saw this thing getting bigger and bigger. Um, luckily, it didn't actually bite me when it hit me first. It just knocked me off my board. And then I was in the water, treading water, looking for my board. It took a bit of time to climb back on his board, and he fell behind his friends. He felt a swell coming through, growing behind him. I was like, yes, this is my ticket out of here. And um, when I fell off the back of the swell and I saw everybody else take it, I knew that there was trouble. And uh, in that, as I, uh, as I felt like, oh no, I'm the last person in the water, um, I started panicking and laughing while I was paddling so much so that I felt um, like, you know, when you're in a dream and you, you can't punch or you can't run or something, it felt like that where I, could, I felt like I wasn't moving forward. And, um, and it's in that moment that it, that it took me, bit me. It uh, breached slightly into the air and just sort of slapped me against the surface of the water. And um, yeah, in that moment, I, I knew that, that my leg was severed off it was no, there was no pain whatsoever. It was just like a, a pulling sensation and then a release. And um, and I would have died right then if it wasn't for a man called Grant Kirkland. Unaware of what had happened, Grant was paddling out to catch a wave. And he, um, as he went over a wave, he, there was a wave coming towards him that was just completely red. It was just covered in my blood, and. Um, and then he saw me lying face down in the water. I'd given up at that moment. I was just like, oh, okay, this is it. And um, he paddled over to me and he turned me over. And um, I said to him, help me. Um, I lost my leg to a shark. I was apparently completely lucid about it. I knew what had happened. And um, he very bravely put me on his board and paddled me to shore. And, um, and then when I got to shore, um, I'd completely bled out, um, and I had uh, just a little bit, <laughs> just enough consciousness to see my my friend as he like ran over to me. As he he thought I was okay, um, because I was still in the shallow water, and my last words then would have been "Hey, Jay," and then that's when I my eyes rolled back and I died. The police, NSRI, paramedics, and two doctors were on the beach. And they did all they could, but they lost him. JP stopped breathing for 30 minutes. Two different doctors on the scene declared me dead. Um, they wanted to land a helicopter, but then they said, no, we don't take dead bodies in the helicopter. A report even went out over the radio. 
They said um, 16-year-old John Paul Andrew has been bitten and killed by a shark. And um, I think my mother heard it on the radio. It's just terrible. En route to the morgue at Constantinople Hospital in the ambulance, JP's heart miraculously started beating. Sometimes they go over a bump and then the EEG machine will be like, oh, okay, like a beep. But the, so they stopped the ambulance and then they were listening for it. And then, I, yeah, and then it, it was confirmed that it was a little bit of a heartbeat. But at the hospital, they planned for the arrival of a dead body. They weren't prepared and lost him again. And luckily, because of the, the skilled nurses and doctors there, they, they brought me back. He was put into an induced coma and doctors told his parents he was unlikely to survive. Even if he did come round, the prognosis was bleak. Doctors told his parents he'd be severely brain damaged. JP did wake up, and so began a long journey of recovery. The support from family and friends was a huge part of what made his recovery so successful, he says. Everybody was just sort of grateful that I was alive, you know. I didn't have high hopes. My parents were told I was going to be brain damaged. So everything I did was like, oh, wow. You know, I was like a three-year-old, you know, taking his first steps. Everything was just amazing for them. My family was a little bit tiptoey, uh, like around me, because they were like, oh, no, shame. You know, he's been through a lot. And, and, um, and that, I mean, that's nice and all, but it's not necessarily what you need when you're recovering. My friends, on the other hand, weren't taking anything. I would, I would be lying in the bed and I'd be like, oh, you know, starting to feel sorry for myself. Like, I can't, oh, it's such a nice day and I can't do anything. And um, I remember my, my friend Jay was just like, well, come, we're going to go walk to my house. And that was the, like the next suburb, you know, where, and we didn't have cars at the stage. And I was like, no, I can't do that. I've got one leg. And he's like, yeah, you got one leg, but you got crutches. And I was like, yeah, suppose, yeah, let's do it. Let's just do it. And, um, and I walked to his house. You know, you need the support. Um, but you also need that uh, that that push, you know, to say like, no, you you know, you, there is no excuse. His parents and doctors decided to send him back to school pretty quickly. They felt the routine would be good for him. He says it was exhausting, both mentally and physically. I was essentially a little bit um, handicapped. Well, not just physically, but mentally. I was a little bit retarded um, for a bit. Um, and you could see it in my eyes from the pictures. I was just not there. Um, after 30 seconds of no blood to the brain, you declared brain dead. So I had had essentially a, a lot more than that. I was hell of a slow. And um, I think there was a shift. I don't know what it was, but um, I was, I, I scored, you know, um, like special level in my t first tests and then about a month later I, I scored genius level on some aspects of it so I, I feel as though you know when a part of your brain die it gives an opportunity for your for your sinus synapses to sort of reconnect and make new make new connections um same thing it's because my brain was um young enough and malleable enough to be able to sort of find new pathways Educational psychologists had said he'd never pass matric, but JP proved everyone wrong. He relies a great deal on the creative side of his brain, and he's now a graphic designer, but his analytical skills like maths and his beloved guitar playing have taken longer to return. But he's getting there. He says the healing was a gradual process. 
just got better like and I wasn't really concentrating on it you know it was a it was very much a, a background thing in my life with for me it was um trying to get able again you know I was very um disabled I couldn't I mean I was so weak from lying in bed for so long I couldn't even hold a plastic fork and feed myself um so for me a lot a lot of it was just getting stronger and just trying to build um the confidence and muscle to be able to to do things you know to be able to swim the toilet by myself to be able to bathe myself to be able to brush my teeth by myself and um that was a a process and as i um i went through the process um everything started to just sort of realign your your mind and body connection is so powerful if you if you treat your body right your mind's going to follow if you treat your mind right your body's going to follow and um and it's just it's a very it's a very powerful thing to be able to um to sort of have that opportunity to to have that first hand experience and like oh wow you know i really can change everything about myself whether it be my my brain or my body jp bungee jumps and more recently even climbs mountains if you had to ask me you know some some years ago if i would ever be able to do it i'd probably say no um and that that would be a part of me saying well don't try because we're going to hurt ourselves and and if you fail it'll be embarrassing and all this kind of stuff but um uh for some reason it was it's again my 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 friends and my family who don't like well just come on just do it like if we you know if you fall or something we'll pick you up and we can try again or something you know and I was just like you know what actually yes i'm not going to not live my life because i'm i'm afraid to fail and um i've i haven't made a challenge yet that i haven't been able to surpass which is it sounds like quite a boast but um it's it's uh it is what it is you know every every time you challenge yourself you actually realize that there is more to yourself than than what you think and um, like with climbing mountains and things like that that's actually quite easy <laughs> it's just it's just the physical thing like the the hardest challenges in life are getting over your ego getting over your mental blocks that's the hardest thing in life JP has a prosthetic leg at the moment but even the best quality prosthetics are uncomfortable for the above the knee amputee the pressure points are more sensitive than someone who still has a knee intact and a knee provides more control and ability to pivot So for now JP has become expert on his crutches can even carry his cup of tea with one hand without spilling. You know you want a nice full cup of tea. <laughs> and it took me a very long time to be able to walk with one crutch with the crutch still attached to my other arm with a cup of tea in my hand. Recently while sitting on the beach pondering about how he might someday surf again, JP had a sudden memory from the accident. but it was a full on recollection um it was that moment when the when the shape gets bigger and bigger and bigger underneath my board and then when i when it hits and then i black out um when my memory blacks out uh, it was a continuation of that just a little bit and uh, the continuation was that it came up and i put out my hands to push it and um i did manage to push it well i pushed myself away it's a gigantic beast you know you don't really push a shark away you just push yourself away from it and um because the shark skin is 
smooth one way and razors the other way, it absolutely grated my, my hands as I pushed it away. So now I'm bleeding profusely from the hands and trying to get away from a shark while dipping my hands into the water, essentially chumming the water around me. He recalls how enormous his shark was. It was massive. It was, they, they say, between four and six meters. So it's, it's pretty much a submarine. <laughs> I, like we thought it was a whale. Um, it was gigantic. It was, it was absolutely huge. You can't really fathom how big these things are in the water. It's, you see them on TV or you see them. It's, it's just huge. It's still unreal to this day. I mean, it's just to think about it like, I mean, obviously you have to, um, to live your life. You've got to move on and you know, put it behind you. And like, okay, what are my goals and aspirations from here on out? What can I do? What is possible? No, no, no. But every now and again, I, I get to uh, sort of reminisce and, and think about what actually, like I look down and I'm like, oh yeah, that was a shark attack. It's, it's insane. It's like, um, it's like being attacked by a dinosaur. It's, it's a prehistoric animal, pretty much. It's, uh, it's, it's flipping awesome. I mean, I used, to, I used to love sharks. I used to love dragons and that kind of lore and like dinosaurs as a kid and things like that. And um, for that kind of thing to happen to me, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm blessed almost. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's such an amazing experience and I, I would never take it back. JP is a deeply philosophical young man who has an inspiring perspective on his life and his injury. You've got to just accept what is. I mean, a lot of pain and anguish in this world is caused by people who just can't accept the reality of life. You know, and we, we, we torture ourselves by thinking like, what if, and maybe this and that, you know, just, just accept what is and, and move forward. He says he still misses being out on the back line with his mates a very special bonding time for surfers. I've still got aspirations of going surfing again. And, um, and I feel like I will, um, no matter how long it takes um, or what I have to go through to do it. Um, I'm not necessarily going to kill myself trying to do it or make it my life's goal or something. But it's, it's definitely there. It's definitely on the cards, and it's definitely something I'm going to do. It's I've I've um, I've decided it's going to happen, and uh, <laughs> you know manifest destiny, and and it will because I've decided it will. I'm not a lot of things. <laughs> I'm not the person I was yesterday. I'm not uh, the guy on crutches, even though I am. I'm not the shark attack survivor. You know, I'm I'm. I'm something that I haven't discovered yet, or I'm something, you know, it's just, I'm a work in progress, and so are all of we, and I mean, that's, that's sort of what, like, everybody is a work in progress, and that's what allows me to sort of get up in the morning with enthusiasm and uh, look forward to the, the new day, because, you know, who I am is completely dependent on who I decide to be.